afternoon. How are you doing today? It's good to be with uh, all of you here at uh, Bethany Church, and uh, we're great, of course, uh, admirers of your pastors, Pastor Nico and Johan, are great men of God, and it's been wonderful to be with your family today. This is the third service, so my voice is getting a little deeper, a little bit sexier, but we're going to make it. Uh, I'm kind of fighting a flu, so I I don't really sound like this most of the time. I sound like a radio announcer or something right now. Hello. Welcome to 92.5, you know. Uh, But uh, it's it's been great. Uh, We had a great day together, and uh, we always are excited to hear what God's doing through GBI uh, around the world, Uh, the many churches that you all have seen started, and uh, just the presence of God and the atmosphere has been wonderful. Uh, We count you guys as family. And I know uh, my father was very close to many of the the pastors and leaders here. And uh, it's a great honor for me to be with you for the first time uh, here at uh, Bethany, Singapore. Uh, So this is awesome. We're we're having a good time today. And uh, I get to speak in English. Hey, this is nice. Bahasa English. I like it. Uh, So we're going to have a few minutes to share the Word of God together. Uh, with you all, and I, I, I think we're going to have a good time together, but I, I'd like to introduce myself a bit to you since this is the first time I've been here. Uh, my name is Jeremy Seward, as uh, Pastor Nico said, and I, uh, I'm a, I was the youth pastor at our church in Victory Family Center for about 15 years, and then uh, just last year took over as a senior pastor, and so this is uh, home. This is where I grew up in Singapore, even though I don't sound like it, uh, but on the inside. It's on the inside, uh, and, and uh, all of my, my kids have been born here. I've been married 18 years. Uh, I'll show you my family. This is my family, so that's my beautiful wife, Carissa. Uh, they couldn't be with us today. They, we, they had to be at our church, but, and then my eldest son is 14 years old. His name's Caleb. He has blonde hair. Uh, why does he have blonde hair? Only because of Jesus. We're not sure. Uh, I kept telling my wife, wouldn't it be great if our, if our first son had blonde hair? And she said, Jeremy, he's not going to have blonde hair. You have dark hair. I have brown hair. I said, yeah, but wouldn't it be cute if he had blonde hair? She's like, no, no, it's not going to happen. And then he was born and Amen. He had blonde hair. And I said, I told you so. So uh, uh, then my daughter is uh, 10. Her name's Megan. And then Ethan is only seven, but he's already as big as my 10-year-old daughter. He's, uh, he's the boss and a giant. And then you can't see in this photo, but my wife's actually pregnant. So she's uh, going to have our fourth baby. Yeah, yeah, wow. I know. That's how I felt too. Wow. Uh, she's going to have our fourth baby in just about six weeks. So right before Easter, we have an Easter baby. On April 15th, when you're trying to remember to file your taxes, uh, my baby will uh, be born. Uh, and that'll be four uh, new seawards in the kingdom. So uh, anyway, that's our family. And I hope uh, sometime in the future I'll be able to bring them to meet everybody here at Bethany. Uh, but for today, you're stuck with just me. Uh, so hopefully we're going to get along. Are, is that okay? Are you all right? All right. Let's get into the word today. Uh, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17. I think this won't take too long. Uh, I've been preaching twice as long in all the other services because we had to preach in two languages. So I believe by faith this is going to be only half as long of a sermon. Uh, So we're talking about kingdom priorities. uh, And your pastor said that's kind of been the theme you've been on. And so I I began to pray about this and think about it. And I I think God gave me a word for you. So kingdom priorities. Matthew chapter 4 verse 17 And we're going to read to verse 22. It says, From then on, Jesus began to preach, Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. 
And one day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, he saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father Zebedee, repairing their nets. And he called them to come too, and they immediately followed him, leaving the boat and their father behind. Amazing. Uh, So here's the call of the first disciples, Jesus just passing by. It's interesting in the scripture, uh, so many amazing miracles happen as Jesus is just walking by. And you find that you have to take advantage of those opportunities when Jesus is crossing by. And I believe this morning, even as we gather, uh, he said when we gather in his name, he would be with us. That means this is a moment that Jesus is walking by your life. Can you say amen? This is a moment when Jesus is passing by your family. And if we have faith to receive it and lay hold of it, I believe Jesus can do something great inside of our lives. Come on, somebody shout amen this morning if you believe that. Amen. Uh, So uh, one more scripture, and then let me jump in. Matthew 13. uh, Just fast forward in your Bible to Matthew chapter 13, verse 45 and 46. says, again, the kingdom of heaven or uh, the kingdom of God is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. And when he discovered a pearl of great value or great price, he sold everything that he owned and he bought it. This is very unique. He says it's like a salesman who specializes in pearls. He's an importer, exporter of pearls. And yet when he found one pearl of great value, he sold everything to buy this pearl. Both of these stories deal uh, with the reality of the value of the kingdom And another way to say that is the priority of the kingdom. And they're both very unique. One that Jesus walks by the disciples, and with just a word, follow me, they drop everything, and they follow Jesus. This this is amazing. So you could be at lunch uh, down in Straits Kitchens or or Pete's Place, and and then someone just walk by your table, say, follow me, and you leave your your family, your your parents, you just walk away, and you never come back. That would not be a normal reaction. And yet they reacted this way to Jesus. The Bible says this salesman, he specialized in pearls and he's used to buying and selling pearls. And you don't buy and sell pearls because you like pearls. You buy and sell pearls because you like money. Are you with me? Are there no, do we not understand business in here? Everyone looks very holy right now. Uh, it's, I, I sell the pearls, I get the money, I buy the house, I buy the car. Or is, isn't that how it works, right? Uh, you work in, in, in whatever field you, you work in. Yes, you may like IT and you may enjoy education or whatever field you specialize in, but the reality is I work so that I get a paycheck. But this guy does something strange. He finds a pearl that's valuable, and he sells everything he has to buy the pearl. That's, that's not normal. That's a strange reaction. That Just now, uh, we went down to get some lunch in between the services, and so we were walking by the stores downstairs uh, where there's many uh, pearls of great value uh, in, in the store. And one of the things I walked by, I don't know if you saw this, they have a shop that has all this crocodile skin uh, stuff. Have you seen that shop? And they had a crocodile skin golf bag. It was an amazing monstrosity. And it was this huge crocodile skin golf bag. And I thought, that is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen someone walking around with a crocodile skin golf bag 
But what would be very strange is even if you saw it and you liked it, that you sold all of your earthly possessions, your car, your clothes, your house, your watch, your phone, your shoes, and you went and you bought a crocodile skin golf bag, everyone would say, you're crazy. Not because the bag isn't nice, but because it's not worth that kind of sacrifice, right? And yet the disciples react to Jesus in a unique way. And here the merchant, uh, Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like this. It has such value. It should elicit such a reaction and a response from our life that there would come a different kind of priority. Now, I want everybody to say the word priority. Priority. Say it right out loud. Everyone say priority. priority. A different kind of priority. The priority of your life sets the direction for your life. What, What you think is a priority will set the direction of how you proceed through the rest of this day. Is your priority to spend time talking to people after church? Or is your priority, no, I I need to go eat right now, so I I don't want to talk to people? You're going to make many decisions based on the priority that you have, right? And there's so many things that will show you priorities like that. Now, I have three and a half kids, maybe three and three quarters kids. I'll have four in six weeks, but almost four kids. And and I realized that kids are a unique thing because they show your priorities. How many of you love children? Do you love children? Children are great. They're awesome. And everybody loves kids. I don't know why when kids are born, we clap, we cheer, we get excited. And then something happens. You have your own children. And once you have your own children, you realize that you don't like anyone else's children as much as you like your children. Now, before you have children, you think, isn't that kid cute? I wish I would have a kid like that. But once your children are born, no other kid matters like your kid. And if you went down to the playground and you saw two kids fighting, you might say, oh, you know, that's kind of cute. They're just playing around and fighting. But if you saw a kid fighting your kid, I saw a child push one of my kids one time, and I, and as, and I almost went and hit him. I, I, I don't know what came over me. I got so angry. How could you push my kid? I can't, I can't damage another child. Something came over me. I had a different kind of priority. Are, are, are you with me? Uh, and, and in our life, priorities are so important. And Jesus begins to talk about the kingdom of God, and he describes it and shows it in our lives as something that deals with priority. And so if we're going to be people of that kingdom, our lives are going to have to be lives that reflect his priorities. Now, let me talk about the kingdom of God for a minute. What is the kingdom of God? First thing you need to understand is that God is a king. The Bible says he's the king of kings, come on, and the Lord of lords, and he has a kingdom. Every king has a kingdom. It's a good place to say yes or nod, even if you're falling asleep. Go like, just go like that. It's fine. Every king has a kingdom. My wife uh, is the queen of our house, and she's decided her kingdom is the kitchen. If we start messing around in the kitchen while she's trying to cook or something, she will remind us of her authority. You get out of my kitchen. Stop messing with my food. Come out of here. She has a domain right inside her house. You don't mess around with her while she's cooking. Well, God has a kingdom. And the kingdom of God, what is that? It's not a place, but what it is, is it's, the, it's his rule and his authority. It's where his will is accomplished, right? Even in an earthly kingdom, when you have a king that rules over a land, that location is where that king has the authority. 
that location is where that king's desire is fulfilled and whatever he says goes. Well, the kingdom of God spiritually is the same and it can come into your life and my life as long as we are open to say, God, your will be done, not my will be done. Lord, I want your rule in my life. I want you to be my king. Then by doing that, his his kingdom or rule is extended inside our hearts, right? This is the nature of the kingdom. So it's his rule, his lordship, his authority. When, when, when we say God is a king, that means he's the Lord. He's the owner or the ruler. He gets to make his decisions about what he wants to do and what he prefers. God is a king. And the question then, if I understand God's a king and that God has a kingdom, when I put my faith in Jesus, the Bible says I become part of his kingdom. So the question we have to answer is, are our decisions governed by his priorities? Are my thoughts governed by his priorities? Are my relationships, my reactions, my, my agenda, is it governed by his priority or by my priority? Because the way that the kingdom of God is extended is not just through church services, although it may happen, but, but the kingdom of God is extended through each of our lives as we obey his will. Every time we do what God tells us to do, his rule, his authority is extended. And so when God wants to reach the world and extend his kingdom in our world, he's going to do it through you and through me. When he wants to move inside your workplace and extend his kingdom there, he's going to speak to you, pray for that person. Hey, invite that person to church. Tell them about me. Pray for that one who's struggling. Talk to them. And as you obey him and you submit to his desire, his priority, all of a sudden his kingdom comes and invades. When I begin to obey his desire in my family, his kingdom comes to my family. When I obey his desires in my life, in my school, right, uh, in my neighborhood, his kingdom can come to that place. And every time God has a desire and speaks, it, it represents an opportunity for a change of priority. So when Jesus speaks to the disciples and he says, come, follow me, he's saying, I want to change your priority. Their priority at that moment is fish. And the funny thing is, there's nothing wrong with fish. In fact, Jesus loves fish. He eats his favorite food. All through the scriptures, he's eating fish. He loves fish. Shows up eating fish, multiplies fish, gives fish away for free. He's into fish. But in that moment, he goes, guys, fish is not more important. I'm changing your priority. Now following me is more important than what you're doing. God is into family. He loves family. Honor your father and mother. God created the family. He wants you to be fruitful and multiply. But when his call comes and he says, follow me, he goes, I'm changing your priority. It's more important. Even than your family, come follow me. There's something greater. There's a new priority in your life. And these kind of priorities are different. They are hard to understand. Have you ever met someone with strange priorities? I'll tell you a strange priority in Singapore. The strange priority in Singapore is people that work all day and work all night. And then sometimes we'll have church services and we'll say, come to this prayer meeting. They'll say, I'm too busy. I can't. We'll say, come to this meeting. Say, oh, I'm so tired because I was up working late. And we'll say, hey, I want to meet you for coffee. I can't do it. I, I, I just can't make it to that thing. But somehow 
they manage to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch a British Premier League soccer game every single time. Now, that not that an amazing priority? I was the youth pastor for 15 years. I, I, there's young people in our youth ministry that don't even know what it looks like to wake up before 3 p.m. In never in their life have they opened their eyes during the day before the afternoon. But if there's a soccer match on, it's like a miracle takes place right there in their life. And like Samson, they receive strength and they, they open their eyes and they're able to watch that soccer game. And I go, that's strange, but it's a matter of priority. Isn't that true? Uh, it's funny that my kids every single morning cannot wake up on time for school and we're shaking them and waking them up. Come on, guys, wake up, wake up. It's time to wake up. And they kind of come out like zombies. Uh. But on Saturday when there's no school at like five o'clock in the morning, they are totally awake, running around my house, watching videos. It's like, why can you not wake up like that on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Everyone say Priority. Come on, say it out. Say priority. It's a different kind of priority. And, and see, the kingdom of God is, it, God is establishing his kingdom. He welcomes us into his kingdom, and he wants us to be part of it. Not just in it, but part of it. You can be in something and yet not part of something. You can be in the church and not part of the church. You can attend a church service but not really be connected in relationship. You can sit on the, the nice fluffy chair and yet not know what's really going on. And, and Jesus goes, I don't want you to just stand in the kingdom. Be part of the kingdom. Be part of my rule, part of my authority, part of where my, 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 my domain is extended. I, I told the earlier service, recently I was in Tokyo, and uh, we had a week of meetings, and then we were flying out the next day, but we had five or six hours. And so I said to the guy with me, look, we're going to Disneyland. Any opportunity to go to Disneyland, I'm in. Uh, I don't need a, a lot of reasons. I just, I, someone say Mickey Mouse, I'm there. And I like Disneyland. And so we, we run out of the house 5 a.m., and we bust down to Disneyland. We're first through the gates. We're like only have six, seven hours. And said, we're going to do the entire park in six, seven hours. And um, God gave me strength. It was like an annoyance came on my life. We were cutting in front of people in the lines. We were running, little Japanese people going, and we just ignored them. We ran straight past them. And we did the whole park, six, seven hours. But you know what was funny? I was in Disneyland, but I'm not part of Disneyland. I don't work there. This isn't my life. But when Japanese people go to Disneyland, that is different. They have a whole different mentality. And the Japanese people showed up. Women were dressed as Mickey Mouse. They had mouse ears on. They had tails coming out of the back. They, they were wearing full costumes. They had teddy bears. They were carrying it around. And I thought, that's another level of commitment, you know. I want to go, but I don't want to be Mickey Mouse. I just want to see Mickey Mouse. I don't want to try to pretend like I'm a six-foot-tall mouse. That's, that's a little bit weird. That's a different kind of priority, Right? And God, God wants to make us, though, in his kingdom, part of the kingdom. So check this out. Is, is my life, is your life part of his domain? When God looks at my life, is this an area where his rule is extended? Is my life an area where when he wants to move, he can move? When he desires to do something, he can do something. Because his agenda and his priority a lot of time don't look like our agenda and our priority. Following Jesus is about recognizing his lordship. It's about, that means, what, what is his lordship? That means I, I, surrendering control of my life. 
I allow Jesus to control, to set the agenda. You say, well, I don't want anyone to control me. Well, you know what? You will be controlled by something. The Bible says you can be controlled by the spirit or you can be controlled by the flesh. And I would much rather be controlled by the King of kings and the Lord of lords who laid down his life for me than, than by my selfish flesh that has never benefited me at all in my life. I, I need to surrender control. Following Jesus is responding to his voice. Following Jesus and, and recognizing his lordship is living at his standard. And when I begin to do that, all of a sudden God can begin to move through my life and priorities begin to change. I told the earlier service this story. You know, a long time ago uh, when I was in university, I worked at a pet store. I really loved animals, and so I thought this would be a great job. I'll be near animals, and we'll just be playing in an- with animals and, and whatever. And it was nothing like that. Uh, I got a job. It was this massive pet store. It's like the size of a giant uh, supermarket, but it's just pets uh, and pet supplies and pet uh, toys. And it's just huge. And I never got to touch an animal. I just had to move dog food, cat food, kitty litter, uh, pet dog beds, dog uh, massage chairs, dog you know, whatever we had. And and this was my job. We had a wall that was like the size of this wall that was just cans of cat food. And and my job would be to turn every can so that the label was facing out and people could read it. And you'd be like halfway down the wall and somebody would come and take one can out and you just wanted to murder them. You know, like, why would you touch that? And and you're trying to make, this was the job. It didn't pay good. It paid less than any job in the area. And so it was very frustrating. And I, I finished the job at the end of the semester. I came back to Singapore. I quit the job. And I thought, when I go back, I get a better job. And, and everyone I knew was working at jobs that were paying them so much higher. It was so easy to find a job at the time. But when I got back, every job I applied for, it just didn't work out. And it was weird. Everyone else is finding jobs, and it's not working out, not working out. And I started praying, God, what is this? Is there some kind of job you have for me that I don't know about? And one day, I drove past the pet store, and there was a sign. It said, now hiring. It said, hiring reptile specialist. I thought, wow, that sounds cool. That's better than moving the dog food and stuff, you know? And so I, I went in. I, 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 I didn't go in at first. First, I kind of despised it. I was like, I really don't want to work back at the pet store. But as I drove, I felt God tell me, I want you to take the job. Like, I've called you here. So I thought, man, I really don't like it, but okay. So I went in, and I talked to them. What is a reptile specialist? They said, well, you take care of the lizards, the snakes. We had, like, scorpions, like, all this stuff. I thought, oh, okay. And I had had, like, a pet snake before. It's kind of into reptiles. And so I thought, I could do this job. This isn't difficult. It was very difficult. And, uh, and, and I, so I got the job. And I, I, I just told him, yeah, I know all about reptiles. And I knew nothing, you know. And, and we would be in the back room having to give injections to boa constrictors. And, and we, would, we would close all the windows so no one could see that we didn't really know how to do that. We're stabbing ourselves with needles. And it's not good. And, and so I worked at this job for a few months. And nothing happened. And I remember one day I had to work at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning. I had to go in and help. And I was a little bit frustrated, but it was near the end of the term. And I was going to have to come back to Singapore. And so on my way in, I started praying. I said, God, you called me to this job. And I don't know why. But if you want to use me, I'm just letting you know I'm, I'm available for you to use me. And so I showed up at work, 7 a.m., there's hardly anybody there, and my boss was there, and he said, hey, Jeremy, how are you? I said, I'm fine, and I asked him, hey, how are you? And he did not say, I'm fine. He broke the code. You know the code. This is the code at church every week. How are you? Fine. How are you? Fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then you walk away. 
You know what I'm talking about? There's a lot of people at church that are your Sunday friends. Sunday friends are like, oh, nice to see you. We should get coffee sometime, but you never get coffee. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, it's so great. And you hug, shalom, shalom. And then you just walk away. And this is how I thought it would work. He said, how are you? I said, fine. I asked him, how are you? And he started telling me, oh, I'm not good. My back hurts. It's painful. And in my mind, I'm thinking, why are you still talking? You are supposed to say, I'm fine. And then we ignore each other. That's how life works, you know. And he keeps explaining. His back is painful. He hurt it. He can't. It's frustrating. And And he's just talking and talking. It's early in the morning. I don't want to be there. The job doesn't pay good. I don't like this environment. And in the midst of all of it, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, pray for his back. Going, oh my gosh, pray for his back. I'm gonna get fired. This is like America. People will get mad about this kind of stuff. Like, I don't think this is good. He's gonna think I'm weird. And now I'm arguing with God while he's just talking and talking and talking. And talking. I don't even know what he's talking about. Now I'm not even listening to him. I'm just thinking about and and in my mind, kind of arguing with the Lord. And I keep feeling the Holy Spirit say, Pray for him. I keep going, God, I don't think it's a good idea. And, and God's saying, I don't care what you think, you know. And, and I'm going back and forth. And finally I said, Okay, if you want me to pray for him. I'll pray for him, but it's your fault if I get fired. And so I, I walk in to his office, and I say, hey, uh, you said your back was hurting. He said, yeah. I said, uh, can I pray for you? And so he kind of looks at me funny, and then he says, yeah, okay. And so I, I just pray a simple prayer for his back. I mean, not like a elaborate prayer. I'm not a healing evangelist. I don't know if you realize I'm, I'm not Benny Hinn or related to him. I don't go around uh, throwing fireballs on people and stuff. I don't, I don't. I don't do that kind of thing, and, but I, I believe in healing, and I thought, let me just pray for him. So I just prayed, God, you're, you're a healer. You've always been a healer, and I pray in Jesus' name. You'd heal his back, and I walked away, and on my way out of his office, he, he looked at me. He goes, Jeremy, if this works, I'll come to church with you. Whoa. So I said, okay, game on. Uh, I, I, I think God likes this kind of challenge. So I said, I, I decided to pray and fast. I texted some friends, hey, pray for this guy. And, but, you know, I didn't have to work the next day, and, and for that next week or two, actually, I wasn't scheduled. So when I came back to work two weeks later, I'd forgotten about this whole deal. And as I walked into work, he came running from the other side of the pet store. He starts yelling, Jeremy, Jeremy, and I'm going, what is this? And he runs up, and he goes, it's my back. And I said, oh, man, what, what happened? Did I make it worse? You know, I hope not. And he goes, it's my back. He goes, no, it's completely fine. I go, what do you mean? He goes, And he starts to explain something he didn't tell me. He says, you know what, 20 years ago, I tried to pick up an oil drum, and I thought it was empty, but it was full. And as I reached over to pick it up, I I pulled something, I damaged something in my back. And for 20 years, my back has been giving me trouble. It would flare up from time to time. I couldn't even sleep at night, and I could feel it when it's coming on. It's been so excruciating. But he said, I... I don't know what you did, but it worked. My back has never felt this good. And I said, you know what? I didn't do anything. Jesus healed your back. Come on, isn't that awesome? Can you give Jesus praise? Now, this is incredible. From from a morning, I didn't want to work. A place I didn't want to be at and a boss I didn't want to talk to. Somehow God can extend his kingdom as we respond to his voice. Are you hearing me? And then something amazing starts happening. It's like an outbreak of disease in my pet store, everybody gets sick. I mean, everybody. And this is weird. So I I walk into work, and someone goes, my assistant manager uh, has pneumonia. 
and like something else and, and is leaving work. And so I said, look, I'll pray for you. And, and he, he recovers. And then someone else says they have a flu. And so I'm like, well, it worked on those other guys. I'll just pray for this guy. too." I said, look, I'll pray for you. And, and they recover. And then I walk by a cashier and she's telling someone else about her daughter. And she says, my daughter is just 12 years old. And uh, the doctor diagnosed her with a cyst on her ovary. They're going to do surgery and she'll never be able to have children. I said, listen, I'm going to pray for your daughter. And, and, uh, and the next week she comes back to work. I say, listen, I Tell me, what's happening with your daughter? She goes, oh, you won't believe it. We went back to the doctor. They say she's going to be totally fine. There's no surgery needed. Everything is going to be okay. Come on, God is a miracle worker. Amen. His kingdom starts to expand. It got to the point that finally one day there was a girl there that, that it was a backslidden Christian. And as I was walking by, she grabbed me and pulled me into a back room. Freaked me out. I was so scared. And, and I thought she was going to attack me. And she pulls me in. And, and then when I looked at her face, she had tears streaming down her face. Now, you need to understand, I didn't tell any employee, any of them, that this was happening. Somehow they just began to find out. And she pulls me in the back room. She's crying. She goes, Jeremy, you got to pray for me. I said, well, what are you talking about? She goes, five years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer in my eye, and it went into remission. But I went to the doctor last week, and they said the cancer is back, and I don't know what to do. Will you pray for me? And all of a sudden in that place, there began to be a witness that there's a God in heaven that heals. There began to be a witness that the name of Jesus is bigger than any sickness or disease. There began to be a witness that where God's kingdom is, God is in control. And God desires to extend that kingdom in and through our lives. But we have to have a kingdom mindset and a kingdom priority. So as we close today and the band comes up, I want to give you three quick things, three quick mindsets that we have to have to have a kingdom priority, and then we're going to pray. Is that all right? You guys still with me? The first one is this. A kingdom mindset is this. It's not you, it's me. This is a kingdom mindset. It's not you, it's me. When God starts to move, and God starts to extend his kingdom, when God starts to speak, the kingdom mindset says, it's not you, it's me. When Jesus walks by the disciples and he says, hey, follow me, they don't go, uh, hey, I think he's talking to you. They, they just leave everything and they follow Jesus. They don't ask, what about him? What about her? They leave everything and follow Jesus. I, I, I know if you've been in church for any amount of time, you've heard a sermon preached. And while it's preaching, you're thinking about the person next to you thinking, man, they really need to hear this sermon. But do you know what? God isn't speaking to the person next to you. In God's kingdom, he's always speaking to me. <laughs> he's always speaking to you. And a kingdom mindset is God. It's not about somebody else. It's actually about me. You're dealing with my priority today. You're dealing with my attitude today. You're dealing with my heart today. And, and when, God, when Jesus declares, he just goes, follow me. It's amazing. They don't question. They just leave and they follow him. They receive that command. Today, as God's stirring our hearts about commitment, leadership, this year, he wants to move you into a new level of serving, of giving. You need to have this mindset, God, it's not anybody else you're dealing with. This year, you want to do something in my life. This year, it's my life that you want to touch and move in. Can you say amen? The second thing is this, the second mindset. Not only it's not you, it's me, but how about this? It's not someday, it's now. Everyone say, it's now. It's not someday, it's now. You know what? It's right now, you can start playing the keyboard. It's now, all right? It's not, it's not someday. She's waiting, is it time? I'm not sure. I'm telling you, the kingdom of God has come. 
it's, it's, it's now. Do you know the kingdom of God is always about right now? God is not hung up on your past. God is not overly concerned about your future. He holds the future. But he is always focused on right now. And all through the scripture and all through history, God has begun to encounter people that no matter what the past looked like and no matter how bad the future seemed, if they had faith now, he would touch them. If they had faith now, he would begin to respond to them. And God looks at every single one of us and offers opportunities for us to step in and be part of his kingdom. But you and I need to have the right mindset. God is not somebody else. It's me. And God, it's actually right now. I don't want just one more Sunday, not just one more service, not just one more moment. God, where we just come and sing and pray and I leave. Lord, it's right now. You want to do something in my life. And isn't that how God works? That God sent his son Jesus. He saw you and I as a priority. He saw us as something needful of immediate attention. And so he sent his son while we were still sinners. Right now, God calls us to respond. These three mindsets, it's not you, it's me. It's not someday, it's now. And here's the last one. In the kingdom of God, it's not what I can do, it's how I surrender. It's not what I can do, it's how I surrender. Jesus shows up and he talks to these young men. He says, hey, come follow me. And what's amazing is he never asks them, by the way, what are your qualifications? He never asks them, hey, are you good at worship leading? Can you administrate? How, how are you at preaching? What do you have to give? He doesn't ask any of that. But what he requires is surrender. And this morning in our lives, it's the same. God's not looking to take anything from you because God has everything already. There's nothing I could really give him. But what he needs is my surrender. He doesn't need my ability. He doesn't need my intelligence. He doesn't need my experience. He doesn't need, and sometimes we think that, well, I, I would lead, but I'm not very good at that. I would serve, but I'm not that kind of personality. But you know, God doesn't need all of those things. All God needs is your surrender. And this year, as God wants to extend his kingdom through our life, our priority has to change and our mindset change to say, Lord, I'm just going to come and surrender. I'm just going to give you my life in surrender. It's not what I can do. It's how I surrender. Can you say amen? This morning, I want to pray. If you're here today and you've never invited Jesus into your heart, the first thing I want to do is I want to pray for you. You might have been to church before. Or maybe this is your first time, but today you're not a Christian. And by that, I mean you've never at one point in time invited Jesus to come into your life and forgive your sins. I want to pray for you. And then after that, I want to pray with those of us that are believers. And so if you're here and you say, you know, I've never invited Jesus in my life, but I'd like to do that today. I want to ask everybody to close your eyes. And in just a moment, if that's what you're saying, you say, Jeremy, pray for me. I want to know God. I want to have my sin forgiven. I want to know what it means to, to be part of God's kingdom. Then with every eye closed and no one looking around, I'm going to ask you just quickly right now to just lift your hand up if that's you. You say, you know what, that's me. Pray for me so that I can see it. I'll know who I'm praying for. And I'll pray for you today. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and then you can put it down again. We're going to pray together in this moment. That's right. This morning, I want to talk also to Christians. 
you're here and you say, you know what? I want to I want to say yes to God. I want to surrender. I want to commit my life that Lord, I want to I want you to extend your kingdom through me that this year would be marked by my surrender. This year would be marked by my obedience. This year would be marked by me responding to God's voice. Christian believer, if that's you, would you lift up your hand and say, you know what, that's me. I'm saying yes to him. That's right. That's right. All over this place, I'm saying yes to him. I'm saying yes to him. I'm saying yes. Now with your eyes closed right where you are, I want you to begin to pray. Would you begin to tell him in your own words right now? Come on, let's turn this into a prayer meeting for a moment here. No one can pray a prayer of surrender for you. Just tell him, Lord, use my life. Lord, I surrender. God, I give you everything right now. Oh, Jesus, we come to surrender. We come to surrender. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Can we just, let's just begin to stand on our feet. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now in this moment. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do something in our heart. Just lift your hands up high and tell Him, Lord, I surrender today. I surrender to your will. I surrender, God, to your voice. I surrender to your way. Oh, God, we commit ourselves, God, that your kingdom will be extended through us. Lord, we don't just want to be in it. We want to be part of it. God, we want to be an active part. We want you to move through our lives. Yes, Jesus. God, come and take away every selfish mindset. Come and take away, God, every one of our own thoughts and ideas. Come and stir us up, Lord, by the Holy Spirit. Stir us up in a new way. God, to step out in faith, to trust you, God, to obey. Oh, Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, this morning we pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, we open our hearts to you. God, we pray that you would come and help us to hear your voice like never before. And God, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to be surrendered like never before. Forgive us for the times, God, we just push aside your word and prompting as if it's for somebody else. Lord, today you're speaking to us. Father, forgive us for the times we push it aside and think it's for another time. Lord, we recognize today you're speaking. Today you're calling. Today you're moving. Lord, we pray right now, God, that you would come and just be, uh, be glorified in our surrender. God, be honored in our surrender. God, we surrender our whole life before you. Come and do what you want to do. Come and have your way in us. Let your kingdom be extended. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, everybody said amen. Can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise this morning? Hallelujah.